Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. I'm your host, Emily Moines, and this has been a long time coming. I have not had a chance to record a podcast, and I am so pressed for time. And you guys, if you could see me right now, I'm literally laying in my bed with the microphone in hand recording this podcast. It is super early in the morning. I have a stupid busy day today. Um, And I know that I have been really slacking in the podcast making lately. I don't get paid for this. I don't have any sponsors. I started this as a way to connect with you guys, um, give you a little glimpse into Um, who I am um, and how I got out of that toxic relationship um, after having been in that marriage for 15 years and literally how I went on to rebuild what I consider to be my kick-ass life and that freaking hell I went through to get here. And in, in doing that, I was hoping that I could be able to inspire encourage, motivate, and empower um, some of you that might be going through sort of the similar situation that I went through. Um, And although this podcast and my Rebuilding a Kick-Ass Life page and my Instagram is for both men and women, I do know that I have about 95% followers are women. And so most of my content and most of what I talk about on here is really specifically dedicated to you guys. So there's no fluff. There's no intro music. There's no nothing. I used to have an editor, but he was expensive. And then I thought, do you guys really care? I mean, do you care about the fluff? Do you care about the the music, you know, with the intro? I don't think so. Um, So I do have a Patreon. Um, I never promote it. Patreon basically is where you can... um, um, not subscribe, but you can um, donate to the podcast. Uh, because again, you know, it's equipment and microphones and laptops and headphones and all that sort of stuff. I do have a Patreon. I'm not good. I never have been at asking for um, anything, uh, asking for help. Uh, it's there. If you want to donate, great. If not, please listen and enjoy. Okay, so we've got a lot to cover today. Um, Of course, I know that most of you that follow me um, know about my personal, my family, and what's been happening as of late um, with my son. So there's this big elephant in the room, so I'm just going to address it right now. Uh, All I'm going to say on the situation really is that I could not be more proud of how that kid of mine has conducted himself from start to finish. It's admirable. It really is. Grace, respect, um, humility, dignity. Bravo. Bravo to you, Blake Moines. That's all I'm going to say on that. I've had a lot of you asking me. Okay, no, actually, before I get there, let me just say one other thing. I... I'm so, 
don't even know what the word is. Is it humbled, grateful? It's, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me that perfect strangers can be so kind and so supportive. My DMs have blown up. I'm talking blown up. And last night, I spent probably two hours literally going through DM by DM by DM, trying to either answer or at the very, very least acknowledge you guys that have reached out to me personally. And I can't get to you all. And I probably, and I'm not exaggerating when I say I probably went through a couple hundred DMs. Thank you. I've seen them. I've read them. I've gotten back to the majority, even if it's just a little, you know, heart emoji or a thank you emoji. I am forever grateful for this little community that I feel like we've created here that really does make us all feel like we are not alone. And I want you all to feel like you are not alone in your struggle, in life. You're not alone. I get so many comments or DMs about, you know, especially the, like I said, 95% of my followers are women, women that are struggling, that are single moms, that are struggling to raise their children, that are in the court system going through a nasty divorce. And um, this is why I also created the podcast, because instead of answering you all individually, I will take your comments, I will take your DMs, and that I will then create a podcast that can answer some of those questions. I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. What I am is a 55-year-old woman that has been divorced twice, that has raised three what I consider to be compassionate, kind, humble, loving human beings. And if I can offer some of my I can only talk by my experience. If I can offer some of my experience, how I try you know try to navigate my life and try to instill values in my children um you know that's that's all i can do i like i said i i'm not a psychiatrist but i think as a single mom for many years i kudos i'm gonna pat myself on the back and toot my own horn kudos to you emily moines my children are my life and i could not be more proud of every single one of them and so Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I almost feel like this is self-serving. I created this for you guys, but I get just as much out of it. I get just as much as I try to give. <sighs> okay. So a lot of questions have come in in the last few days about um, blended families, how to raise you know, children, how do you stay connected to your children? How do you not feel guilty when you are going through a divorce and you have to subdivide your time with that other parent? And guys, these are all really tough scenarios. I remember having gone through it. Um, I never, when I got married the second time, there wasn't a blended family. My second husband didn't have his own children. So I don't have a lot of experience in that. But what I did do is I put it out there to this community for those of you that are in blended families. 
and how do you navigate that and how do you make it work and i'm just going to go through some of the you know suggestions and recommendations and tips on how these families have been able to um, to make these blended families work. And then oftentimes it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy for those kids. Now they've got to, you know, not only subdivide their time with their parent, you've got another, you know, their new wife or their new husband taking up their time. But now you also have kids thrown into the mix. Now they've got to learn how to navigate that and subdivide their time between, you know, these these now siblings that literally have been forced upon them because when you're a child, you don't get a choice in the matter, right? You literally, um, you know, you've got to sort of, um, sorry, my phone is, my daughter's calling me right now. You've got to sort of, um, you know, bite the bullet and everybody has to learn how to get along. So a lot of the tips I was getting was number one was don't force it. Don't force the issue. Don't force the kids having to bond Don't for, with their siblings, but don't force the kids having to bond with their um, new step-parent. Uh, a lot of the comments I were getting were, was that, you know, we just let it organically happen. Have some patience. Patience in this scenario was one of the um, things that came up over and over and over again in the in a lot of the comments I was getting. You have to be patient with the kids. You have to also, the, ne that's the next big thing was treat them all the same. And apparently that's a really hard thing to do because you've got some kids that come into that new blended family now that are superstars. Maybe they're like a superstar hockey player or they're a professional dancer or they're a um, professional uh, horseback rider. And so a lot of the time is dedicated to that child that is in this sport or this activity or they're excelling at something. And so um, a lot of the comments I was getting in these families that were in these situations were that it's hard and sometimes you forget that it could look to the to the other children that they are being favored there's favoritism they get all the attention perhaps they even get the bulk of the finances you can't you know when you have blended families and you've got everybody in extracurricular activities it's expensive i had three kids in rep hockey and then football after that and then three kids in university it is expensive and although my kids did contribute to the university cost um it's still it's you know it's it's very expensive and you and you know you have to navigate that and so i mean the only thing that i could add to that is of course you can't you know take away from that child that does love their sport just to make the other kids that perhaps are not i don't know inclined or or, or don't have something specific or special to them. You can't you can't punish the, the, the child that is. But I think it's always so important to um, it's not just about you know the time the the money that you dedicate um, to that child that goes into their costumes for dance or whatever. It's the time. It's the time. Kids really want your time. They really do. When I got divorced from my first husband, we made a conscious effort, to, as hard as it was, no divorce is ever easy, we made a conscious effort to always make sure that the kids had access to both parents at any time. We literally moved 
around the corner from each other. We sold our matrimonial home. We moved into a new neighborhood where we could both afford a house. And the kids could go back and forth. They got on their bikes. I remember the kids would call me so often and be like, Mom, Dad's making pork chops. What do you got for dinner? And I'd be like, come on over. So I think that was so beneficial to the kids that even though we were divorced, there was no, you know, you can only come on every other weekend or you're here on Wednesdays and Fridays. And it wasn't any of that. Um, uh, you know, as as they got older, we and, and, our, and we were apart longer and we started seeing other people, we did have uh, implement a rule that there was a courtesy call before they stopped by um, always. But for the most part, it worked out really well. And I also remember, this is you know, a long time ago, I divorced their dad when they were very, very young. So I remember having a rule that we worked out together, their dad and I, that if we had the kids, it was our week, because we did week on, week off. But again, they were back and forth a majority of the time. But if we did week on, week off, the week on, listen, you guys, listen to me, okay? The week on, meaning the week you had with your children, it was all about your children. Now, I know if you've got a job and you've got to travel and all that, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you plan your extracurricular activities the week that you don't have your kids. That goes such a long way. They're all, their time is already subdivided. So when you have them, make time for them. You are there for them. You are there to help them with their homework. You are there to be supportive. You are there for driving them to wherever they need to be, wherever they need to go. You're just, you're just not... You're making it clear that when they are there with you, you are present and you are there with them. Listen, you've got a whole week off, right? So go do your thing, whatever that may be, whether you're having a girl's night, a boy's night, a dinner out, a date or whatever it is, plan that on the weeks that you don't have your kids or the days that you don't have your kids. I'm telling you, it goes such a long, long way. My children never... I was divorced for five years before I went into my second marriage. They never once saw me dating, heard of me dating, um, knew what I was doing outside of you know, what they saw as a family. I kept that very private. I kept that to myself. And it wasn't until I decided that I was going to now get married a second time that I introduced him to my children. So if that helps you at all, uh, I would highly recommend be present, make your kids a priority. Uh, when you're going through a divorce, stay connected. Let them know that they can come to you always, no matter what. I've always said that I want my kids to run to me, not from me when they're in a position of crisis or when they're in a position of um, you know, they're, they're troubled, they're struggling, whatever the situation may be, come to me. Don't run from me. And anything and everything can be worked out. Um, so going back to the blended families, so those two things, um, don't 
try not to play favoritism. Do not try to, um, you know, speed up the bonding with the siblings or the other parent. Have patience, have grace, um, and don't force, don't force the issue. Um, the other uh, thing was um, let, you know, let the kids, um, let the kids sort of, you know, move at their own pace in this new, in this new scenario that they're in. I mean, you're, you're moving into um, a home now where you're all living together. Just give them some grace, give them some space. I'm not saying that you're going to allow them to be rude or unkind or, you know, um, belligerent little brats. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that everyone needs to just take some time to now get used to this new environment that those children really don't have a choice in. Um, so that is that. Uh, oh, I'm just reading comments that you guys have been leaving me. Sorry. So this is why I'm umming and umming here. Um, the, another comment that I, uh, that I got was, um, uh, having difficulties with um, finances when you are going through a divorce. Um, I've dealt. I've I've talked about this before in a previous podcast. Um, so I would highly recommend that you get a lawyer for sure. You need independent legal counsel, one hundred percent. There are um, things that your lawyer can do for you. So, for example, in my situation, I. I applied for emergency um, support because I was not working at the time. I did not have a job. I did not have any income. So my lawyer had put in um, an, um, an emergency order uh, motion, I guess, to the courts to get uh, support right away. Um, so that, I think, took, I'm going to say, like maybe six weeks. It was quick. It was really quick. Now, I don't know with COVID and what the court systems are like. It's because, you guys, it can be a disaster. It can be a mess. And you can be waiting a long, long freaking time. My divorce from start to finish was almost, I think, three years. Three years. But then I was dealing with a high-conflict divorce, which I've talked about before. Um, it was high conflict. It was, I was dealing with somebody that had a lot of financial resources. I didn't have any and it was hell and back, but I did get through it. So talk to your lawyer, get somebody who knows your rights. Um, I was also instructed by my lawyer, um, to stay in the matrimonial home that she was going to get, a temporary exclusive possession for me. She was going to apply to the courts. And because I was the one with the kids and I was the one with the no income, she, in her experience, told me that generally the judges are going to rule or side with the parent that doesn't have the income, that doesn't have the means of supporting themselves, and that does have children. For me, uh, it worked out in my favor, and I did get temporarily exclusive possession of the matrimonial home, and he was paying the bills on the home. There was no mortgage on the home, but he also had to pay the bills on the home while I was there. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you could do to help you. Don't be afraid um, to go out. It is within your rights to get your independent legal advice, to get counsel that is going to help you, guide you, navigate this, this 
foreign thing that was um, high conflict divorce, and there was a divorce. When I first when I first divorced, I had a great paying job. I didn't worry about the finances. The second time around, it was. I was freaking out, quite frankly. I was literally freaking out. I had no job, no way to support myself and three kids in university. So um, highly recommend you need to get yourself a lawyer. Just know your rights. And it's also, you guys, it's so empowering. I remember leaving the lawyer's office and thinking for the first time in such a long, long, long time, I now felt like I had somebody in my corner, somebody that was going to fight for me, somebody that understood me, somebody that was trying to, um, you know, work on my behalf to, you know, do the best for me. And that was such a great feeling leaving that lawyer's office because I always, always, always felt powerless and defeated always. And now for the first time, I was starting to feel like, you know, I was in control of my own life again. So I would highly recommend doing that. Um, 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 okay, what else do I have here? Um, oh, how did you? Okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So how once I was out on my own, um, how did you then um, start to rebuild your kick-ass life? Okay. So what I consider to be my kick-ass life, quite frankly, is not the life I had before, because to many of you that maybe have not heard me talk before or know my story, the life I had before my divorce, many would consider to be my kick-ass life. I was married to someone who, during the course of our marriage, we were together for 15 years, had become extremely financially successful. And so um, I, 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 I quit my job that I loved. Like I loved my job. I was working for L'Oreal. Um, in sales and head office was Paris, mm -hmm. Paris, France. That's where we had our meetings. And I'm a girly girl. So I was, it was all about makeup and skincare. Anyway, I left that job, left myself in a position where I had no income anymore. And then when I left that marriage, I did not get support. I took a lump sum and bought myself a house. Um, and that's where all my money went. So I knew I had to quickly figure out how to now support myself. So I started two businesses, praying, hoping, and with partners that they would take off. And thank God they both did well. Um, but it was a lot of work. I'm not going to minimize it. I'm not going to candy coat it. A lot of fucking work. 18 hour days for many, 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 many months. Um, hard. It was hard. But I also, I'm going to let you know right now, if you think you can leave your marriage and continue in the same lifestyle that which you were had before, that's a fallacy. That's a joke. Okay. You cannot, unless you are married to someone that has a lot of money and they are more than willing and capable and, um, and kind enough to not fight you and not battle you, then God bless you. That's amazing. I can tell you that when it comes to money, it's all great. It's all great and great, great, great until it fucking isn't. And then that's when the problem set in. So, get ready to change your lifestyle. You have to compromise. You have to sacrifice. And for me, it was a complete change of lifestyle. I think the only thing that I have left from that marriage is my luxury car. I have a Mercedes he gave me as an anniversary gift. I think it was anniversary. I don't even know. No, I think it was actually during the hoovering stage of our relationship because I was very much in that cycle of love bombing, idealization, devaluing, discarding, hoovering, 
I'm back to love bombing. So I did get a Mercedes. I still have it. It's old. It's like a 2012. I am now going to have to get a new car at some point. Um, but my point is I was living a lifestyle where I had luxury cars, multiple vacation properties, designer clothes, designer bags, Rolexes. I had all that. That is all gone. I got rid of my cable TV. I got rid of my landline. I had the bare minimum of my internet. Like I cut my expenses, you guys, by almost almost half. My expenses were less than half from what I, where I was before. I started living on a want need basis, which I try and teach my children all the time. They can they can all attest to that. Do you want it? Or do you need it? And there's nothing wrong with getting it when you want it, if you can afford it, and if you can pay for it. And I don't mean pay for it by using a credit card. I mean pay for it, cash, pay for it, no debt. So I had to go back to the old Emily, um, the old way of living. I come from very, very, very humble beginnings. I was born in a village in Portugal. I was seven, eight years old when I came to Canada. My parents came from very humble beginnings. They came to this Canada, to this country with, I think, literally like $247 in their, in their wallet and had to start fresh. We were farmers. We didn't have much three kids. So I went back to the old, you know, sort of humble and very simple. And I've, what I've learned through this whole process, you guys, is you do not need very much. You don't. You really don't. So I had many years of being very bougie, which is great. And it was fun. I don't need bougie. I don't. Not for me. I want to live simplistically, minimally, and um, I don't place a huge, huge emphasis on um, money and material possessions anymore. So if you're going through a divorce, you'll be okay. Learn to budget. Let go of everything you do not um, need. Just stick to your, to, to your, you know, your fixed costs, whatever you need. Like, you know, you, of course, you're going to need your electricity, you know, your hydro, your, um, your gas, your internet. But I don't have a landline anymore. I don't have cable TV. I had to get cable TV, actually. That's, that's a lie. I did get cable TV only because my son was on a TV reality show. And that was the only time I applied for cable TV. And then when the show was over, I was done with it. So there's lots of compromises, lots of sacrifices that you have to make. And if you're not willing to do that, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, yet you, you got to do what you got to do in order to survive in this world, right? Um, anyway, okay, so that is that. Get ready for making changes. You need to make changes. And without change, there is no change. Um, and okay, so... I'm getting a lot of comments right now because I think because everyone is following my son and his little trials and tribulations as of late. And so how do you stay so close? You seem to be so close to all your children. Okay, so I just this is the same thing, you guys. Just, you know, make time for them. Um, make time for them. Let them know that they count, they matter, they're important. Uh, don't I do not I do not um instill in my children you know what I'm trying to say. I don't control. I don't control their lives. I don't tell them what they should do, what they shouldn't do. I listen, I guide, 
They try to direct, and ultimately, it's up to them. They learn by watching you. You know that whole thing, do as I say, not as I do? Mm -mm. That doesn't work, you guys. That doesn't work. Be the role model. Be the example for them. Honestly, be the role model. Be the example. That's why when I go back to when, at the very, very beginning, when we first got divorced, I wasn't out dating and getting babysitters for them and going out when they were at my house. No, 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 no. You need to be the example. You need to be their role model. You need to be something that they aspire to. So if you can, you know, I'm not saying I'm fucking perfect. I am not saying that at all. But when you live your life by trying to be a good person, by trying to be decent and honest and have values and have, you know, a morality compass that is, you know, upstanding, then your kids are going to see that and they're going to follow in your footsteps for the most part. So I make time for them always. Um, doesn't matter where I am, what, I do, what I'm doing. I am always available to my children. Be a role model to them. Let them know they matter. Hear them out and try not to be judgmental. Try not to criticize. We all make mistakes. Just be a support system to them. And it's hard. I know it's hard. Um, oh, here's a really big one. Really, really big one that I think really worked for me. I was never their buddy. I was never their best friend. And what I mean by that is I'm their mother first. I am there for them always, but there is a certain level of respect and there is a line that is not to be crossed. I remember being at the cottage and I think my kids were probably around, I'm going to say like 17, 18, maybe 19. Um, and they had their friends over. And I'm saying they, because my two boys are really close in age. So they have a lot of the same friends. And, um, my second son, um, my second child, he had a buddy who we were in the kitchen and he lit up a joint <laughs> in the kitchen right in front of me. And apparently he does this at home with his parents. And hey, you do you, that's fine. But my son was incensed because he was like, dude, what are you doing? That's my mom. You don't do that in front of my mom. And I mean, that's just because, you know, those are my values and that's what I was raised with. I'm not, I'm not preaching or judging. Um, but for my son, it was weird for him to see his buddy just roll up a joint and smart, start smoking a joint in front of, you know, his mother. And so I was never a buddy. I am a friend to them, of course, but they have lots of buddies. They have lots of friends. Um, and, you know, I'm their mom. I'm their mom. They only have one mom. And I think that's important too. I really do. Um, you know, there's a certain line sometimes that, you know, should not be crossed with the parent. And, um, and, and they're aware of that. And uh, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, I make it sound like I'm not, you know, like a friend and that we don't enjoy like friendly outings or whatever. But I've, I just always make it clear. I'm their mother first. And their mother first. And there is a level of respect that needs to be maintained. But we have a lot of fun together and we're not uptight. And my kids are all super chill. Um, and I'm trying to teach them that in any scenario in life, whatever the struggle is, this too 
shall pass. This too shall pass. So if you guys are going through struggle right now, if you're going through a hard time, there, you know, the only thing that's constant in life is change. That's the only thing we're sure of. Death and taxes and change. So if you're on a high, enjoy the high. Because that high is going to at some point come down. Life ebbs and flows. It's up, it's down. So when it's down, hang in, you guys. Hang in when it's down. Because it will come up. It will get better. This too shall pass. Thank you all so much for being such an amazing support system and sort of community that we have at Mama Moines and get and um, rebuilding a kick-ass life on Facebook and get real with Mama Moines podcast. Appreciate you. Appreciate you all so much. Hang in. Stay strong. You are not alone. And this too shall pass. Join me again next week on another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. Bye, guys.